0: everybody it's richard harris and scott lee's here with another edition of the surf and sales podcast brought to you by find them gong lead 411 vidyard and who else are we leaving out scott is that it reception predict. Perception predict our good friends over there so thank you for our sponsors um i'm going to introduce susan by her first name i'm going to let her pronounce her last name so I don't brutalize it but Susan please introduce yourself um, tell me also like what your organization does and, and the kind of things you do so they have some context from where your answers are coming from
1: hi guys thank you for having me uh, my name is Susan Ivitz. it's pronounced like on the uh, on the first letter uh, uh, my my Title is human behavior hacker, and I always say some people hack computers, I hack humans. Uh, in lame terms, I'm a profiler. I mastered for the last 28 years uh, all the channels and behavior that are micro expression, body language, statement analysis, forensic analysis, personality types, face reading, face reading profiling, and now I'm doing face reading with mask. And what I do is the same. What Sometimes change of the ch- is on the channels, then either I or the company I represent, Human Behavioral Lab, we do consulting or training. And basically, we have two groups. We have hostile negotiators, police, and lawyers. And the second group is realtors, sales, and managers. Why? Because there are certain things that you cannot teach to one group to another for for, um, security reasons. So we have the two groups, and I have fun doing it both. And lately, I've been working a lot of helping sales rep to do profiling, since we don't have happy hour we don't go for coffee we don't hold for lunch so instead to be afraid or again soon actually we have an advantage that we didn't have before i can see your hands i can see your expressions i can read your face and i can pay attention to the words you use and how they're compared with your body so i'm teaching you to stop being afraid to this
2: this is amazing i'm so fascinated by all of this already so you are just now starting to work with sales people this has not been a part of your background in business for that long is that correct
1: no i always work with sales people but it was more like less exposure because i didn't like the exposure but since everything moved to the media like my team says like susan you need to put it out So we were working with uh, 500 fortune companies and we moved to small companies where the transition between knowing the problem, asking for a solution and developing the solution is faster because the cycle is faster. The decisions are faster. So on the last nine months is where we start working strongly in sales reps training because as one of the groups who get more lost and like, now what? Yeah, We, we well, don't have any of the tools that we have before. So we work more in helping to uh, understand the technology and profiling people in a different way. But sales rep has been one of my bread and butter as realtors too. Mm.
0: So with the, with the shift to online, right? Um, and the video, and we could even talk about masks too. You know, you know, without giving away all your entire secret sauce, what are the things that, what are the mistakes you're seeing salespeople make because they can't pick up certain cues in the Zoom meeting? Or what should we be looking for? You know, or is, it as, is it as deep as, oh, they're lying about this? Or is it more like there's this subtle thing you should look for because it'll help you find out more information?
1: Uh, there's subtle things. I always say there are three things that, first of all, you need to have in consideration when you're doing a Zoom meeting, starting by you. We have action and we have reaction first sound the content of what you have to say is important and when you say content is send your agenda 24 hours in advance don't say it's going to be a five minute call when you know it's not going to be a five minute call take your time Richard we did a podcast together and you did a, a, a perfect example from the behavioral standpoint people need to be ready so get your all your information ready you don't have time to go and print it. Be ready with all the content and all the options that can happen when you're prospecting or talking with a client. Second of all is the sound. If you don't hear me well, we have a problem with a podcast that we have a sound problem. The podcast was amazing, but it was a disaster because everybody was more concentrated on the noise and the audio problem that we have. People is not aware how important it is. Then I have a clear sound of what you're saying. Because the tone, the in what you say can be lost if it's noisy and it's not clear. And the third one is your background in the image. Most people is more aware. And we were talking before and like, oh, what is our backyard? I have a forest. Uh, Richard, you have a beach. Scott, you have, I don't know, your next door neighbor. So we are so faced in what we're watching, but we are not looking in what the other people is looking at we talk about ideas today so i bring my idea lamp so even though i'm fixing my office and redoing my office i keep a corner the, the better possible that is not too distracted still representing me so the dishes on the back the, the background uh your bed and done, your stuff with bunny on the on the nightstand those things that i don't need to see and i don't want to see and how you represent yourself if You are the face of the company. People are going to Google you first, after the product, and after the company. So you need to remember that because you're wearing pajamas all day, doesn't mean the other person needs to see you on pajamas. So first of all, it's the context that you're going to give in. Second, always show your hands. Use your hands as your uh, visual aids. Use your hands to emphasize things they're saying. For example, I'm going to tell you three tips, content, audio, and background. So if I says, I'm gonna tell you three things, content, audio, background, I'm not emphasizing. And people can get distracted because things can be happening. So you need to help use your hands. Another thing is that when we have a meetings, you have different kind of distraction that you have in a Zoom meeting. Here, you have the opportunities one-on-one. You can concentrate to have a short meeting and pick up cues on the person that you're talking because you don't have external um, distraction like when you're having a coffee or you're having a drink and the person is looking what is happening around. Make sure that you're looking at the person and you're looking at the camera. Put a sticker on the top of the camera so you remember where the camera is located. Uh, Show your torso from the umbilical or up, give some space, sorry, give you some space to your hands and be careful the expressions you do and how your body it's expressing. One of the things that we lost, and it's gonna be a long time until we have it again, is shaking hands. Shaking hands when you meet with someone, human touch is equal to three hours of human interaction. How we do that? Well, it just happened that when you are smiling, activate in your brain the same hormones that when we shake in hand or we have human interaction. So before you jump into a Zoom meeting or with a client, watch videos that make you smile. Do you know that a smiling is more contagious than the flu? So if I smile to you in a natural way, I bring in that eyes that nobody wanna be in this situation. Even I work doing this, I don't like it. I feel exposed, I feel naked. I watch the recording after like, oh my God, my hair looks horrible. I have a shadow in the corner. So make sure that you are not the initiator from the other person to react to you. It's proven that people who have born blind and the one who born sighted, they have the same micro expressions and body language. That's meaning is coded in your brain. If I do this all the time because my glasses are falling, you're gonna pick it up. Your brain is gonna pick it up. Do you know what is the biggest mistake when somebody get pissed off and they cannot talk? They press the lips and they do this. <laughs> I caught myself doing it. You can Google it. You're gonna find precedents, diplomatic, pressing the lips and hmm
2: Richard, I've never been so nervous to, to have any expression on my face right now, or any movements or gestures whatsoever. I need, I need to
0: sit back. I need Use to lower the- my camera. So because
2: I need- she feels like exposed right now. I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm getting judged so badly.
1: Another thing,
0: <laughs> for, people I- are, for people who are listening, you need to go watch this one on YouTube, because I think that not only is, is Susan suggesting all these things, she's doing them. So she is Absolutely practicing what she preach she preaches and I think it's fantastic. A question for you, because I, you know, I have this issue, and I even know if I put the camera on top of the computer, um, I'll look at the camera versus looking at you, and I'm always trying to balance when should I be looking at Susan? And I assume it's when she's talking versus looking at the camera, or should I be looking at the camera when Susan's talking so Susan can tell that I'm looking at her? Like, what's the I assume
1: you have two monitors. No,
0: not today, but yes.
1: Yeah, because I see your eyes going to one side when you're looking at the camera and another side when you're looking to me. Advice, you can determine at least in Zoom how you want to get the view. Advice, put the view on the top of the Zoom meeting. So you have all the people that you talk Except that it's a meeting with 20 people that that that, it's a fruit salad. But try to put the view below the camera. So when I look it at you, it's still looking at the camera.
0: I see. So when you're, I see, so you're going into the, what is it? The so you have different view. view versus gallery view. So that yeah. the three things are, the, the three of us are across the top. And so that's right by the camera.
1: All yeah. Right. So I have the gallery view. So I'm seeing all of you instead to see you small, I can see you. Because one of the things that when you have the small image, I can see you're doing something with the hands and I don't know what you're doing. And maybe you're just fixing your sweater. Like you see what I'm doing, but you're gonna get distracted in the small camera and you're gonna to tend to do this
2: yeah, gazing.
1: Yeah. And if I can see everybody in the big, you can see my hands and you can see that I'm not doing anything weird. And another thing, we tend to do this when we get nervous, like get get small or pacifying. Pacifiers meaning when you wrap your arms you round your chest, your head. More stress you have, higher the pacifier is gonna happen. You're gonna start scratching your head, your hair, playing with your hair, covering your uh, face like the forehead, like a shame. So if I'm doing that in in a small window, and I don't know that you're just scratching your head because you have a mosquito, I'm gonna think that you're ashamed. That is not a micro expression determined to be universal. But if I do this and you don't know if I'm looking down, you think like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. So I assume indirectly something is going on. So the best way to avoid mistakes is to be ready not to mate it. So you need to explain people when you have a meeting, it's like, you know what? We have two different views. You can go to the upper corner to your Zoom and click this view so you can see me all the time. So in any time that I need to show you, explain you something is gonna be easy. I even have um, a tutorial that I did for customers when we're gonna jump in Zoom, or when I need to work with someone through a training and how the training is gonna happen and how to utilize Zoom. So now you have two options. Believe it or not, some people still don't know how to use it. If you made a tutorial with the agenda to your client, when you're going to have even the prospecting call or follow up and you get a tutorial video, the person is going to open the email by sure. You helping them. And when I feel you help me, I already have a connection. I have um, I have an emotional depth with you because you helping me to get better without telling me that I'm a mess. Make sense what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah I, I got it. Two questions. So one, I'm sitting here and I'm now very self-conscious. I put my hand on my chin and I'm really not in my mind. Oh, that
1: is, that is normal. It's when you're thinking, okay. try not to cover right. your mouth, but if your hand is in okay. your chin, don't cover your mouth. The only thing this is thinking and okay. tilt your head and thinking.
0: Okay. So my next question is, so I'm a salesperson and my prospect is doing all these things, right? They're they're, they're pacifying, they're scratching their head and covering their face a little bit, you know. What does that mean to me as a salesperson that I can hopefully try to, you know, use professionally in, in, a, in a business conversation?
1: Most people is more aware of what they're gonna say than being paying attention to the other person. And we talk about this, Rich, and it's 80-20. if you don't listen what the people need, you're never gonna give them. Um, Henry Ford used to say, if you sell what people want, we're not gonna have a market. It's between want and need. So paying attention at the moment the person is doing the action. If you're talking about the price and somebody suddenly cross the arm and pull away, they have a problem with the price. Now, if you're talking about the price and people cross the arm, tilt the head and go forward, or they put the hand on the chin, they're thinking about the numbers. So you need to pay attention to the context That's what I'm saying soon actually for sales rep is better because I cannot see that on a phone call. So if somebody put the hand on the chins tilt the head and like, they're thinking, and usually they squint the eyes, like when the eyes are like getting like little Chinese, I call Chinese eyes, and I tilt my head and like I'm thinking. So, if when you do do you see that, move your head slowly. Yes, it's an inconscient way to says yes. You giving yes to the question they have, and you give them permission to go forward. So you says yes three times and like. Richard, it looks like we have a winner, no? But like everything, maybe are questions that you want me to reply to you because everybody, everybody has question. Let me know what. Uh, how can I help you? Don't I says what is your doubt now? Because I am better in your how and your head is a doubt, is not helping you. So how can I help you? And use your hands. How how? I show my, I point myself can help you and open your hands, open. When you're gonna to approach to an animal, or you're gonna approach another person and you don't wanna be a threat, you open your hands. So how, pointing myself, I can help you and open your, your hands, and again, tilt the head. If I says, you have any problem, you have any doubts, I already have a problem because you put me in conscience that it's a problem, not an answer that I need from you.
2: One of the things that salespeople try to do and struggle with all the time is is sussing out is this person telling me the truth? Are they giving me the real problems or are we getting like surface rebuttals versus the deep down pain? And are they really interested or are they just kind of pacifying me and trying not to be rude and get and just like shove me off the phone? So I'm on, let's say that we're on these Zoom calls. How might a salesperson how should a salesperson be, what should they be looking for? What should they be looking for in, in terms of tells of whether or not their prospect is genuinely interested or just kind of pacifying them?
1: Uh, I always says the best way to mirror someone is with words. And we're going to do an exercise after I give you some tips. It's yes or no questions. So if you make a question regarding that, are you ready for, are you ready to um, do the project? Well, it's not an answer. Well, I need to think and maybe I need to, well, I need to think maybe. So they're not concrete, they're, they're words that extend it. Now, if I ask a question, if I reply a question with a question and you says, you says Susan, um, are you thinking about the product? If I'm thinking about the product, we are in a discovery call. Why are you answering me with a question? So that is a really common demand another one is like Richard actually taught me is you need to identify if the person pulling the trigger is the person you're talking my style or the one at least that I, that I teach is like get a conversation and not a question it says hey Scott um, I never uh, I never I never talked to you before uh, must be it must be hard to go through all this uh, estimated and budgeting and working from home. Or like, oh no, I'm just collecting the information I'm gonna send them to my boss. So I didn't, first I empathize with you. I says, it must be hard to be doing all this job without meeting in person. Like, well, I never done it before. If you establish a conversation, you're gonna have more information than if I point you. I am a civilian hostage negotiator and I train interrogators. And in my sales trainings, I torture people with 44 minutes, 44 seconds from, and to me, one of the best interrogation in the world. And it says, this guy make a Cornell, confess that he's a serial killer and gonna spend his life in, co- in, in, in jail. Why you cannot get information from your customer needs. Yeah. It's how about the words you use Ego up the other person. Eat your ego. Use the pause on the right way. People don't know how to do pause. So if I says Scott, um, you would like to. You have been in underground London. You like you like London or you like the Beatles only. I like both. Yeah. So I know that from the sign that you have in your office. I inquire you. I learn things about you without making questions. I establish a conversation. Have you been on the where the picture of the Beatles they were taking their walk in? You, you did the picture too? So that is a way to establish rapport, make questions, and know about you. The same way you need to, to learn about the person. It's like how many people you are working usually in your team? Um, you always do meetings on, on the Zoom. Uh, you you still go, you start going to the office one-on-one. You prefer to have group meetings or you meet one-on-one with your team. Like, well, I don't have a team. I make all the decisions. Bingo. You need to, com- you need to convince only one person. But always need to be on a conversation. And the best way to establish rapport is mirroring other person. But most people, actually from the 1000 MBAs in United States, only 16 talking about cells. None of them show or teach you how to do behavior. That is something the sales rep me to learn. Why is that?
2: Yeah? Why, why is that you think?
1: Because people don't consider that cells is a craft, a science and a, a behavior. So you need three of them. You can be the best sales rep on the world, but it's always a room for improvement. And you need to know how to apply behavior to that. We have so many myths. The crossing the arm is negative. 93% of the uh, expression are happening in body language is not true. It was a study. That's it. Or for example, that you need to mirror on everyone. Like I told you, we have a paleo connection in our brain. If I do not know what I'm mirroring, I can be a self suicide. Contempt, there is only one side of the mouth. This, meaning that I feel superior to you. And most crooked smile are activating doubt in my brain. So if you do that, because I think you're smiling and I do the same, actually I have a collide conflict. Conflict, yeah. So ask me any question. And I'm gonna teach you, no, not teach you. I'm I'm gonna show you how you can mirror in somebody with words is safe, more effective and faster. Any question, you guys.
2: I'm wondering if Halloween is your favorite holiday.
1: Halloween is my favorite holiday because I love skulls. If I would say yes, you didn't gather information. I didn't establish rapport. I answer your question with part of your question. Halloween is my, I love Halloween because I love skulls. I give you a, I answer to you with part of your question. Second, I give you personal information and I stress on that. Now you feel permitted and in certain point, like now I need to share something private about me. What about you? You like Halloween?
2: I love Halloween. And I was looking at the skeletons um, in your back backdrop. And, and oh,
1: last weekend for me was holiday yeah. party. I went through all the stores that I found to buy all the, all the, the cells skeleton. on November 1st from uh, the, the skull. So yeah, I skulls doing a stretch. Yeah, we're, I have, have it
2: all. Two, we have two like six foot skeletons that were hanging out on our uh, patio all, all of October. So as soon as I saw those skeletons, in your background, I thought, oh, we have something in common. That was one of the first things that I thought of actually when you first jumped on the Zoom.
1: You see what we did? We start talking about still knowing each other, bringing rapport, and not to do the, yeah, how is the weather? And you're like, yeah, COVID is horrible. Yeah, I have a friend who's sick. Take away from the negative people is going to remember the first part of the meeting and it's going to remember the last part of the meeting and people is warren buffett and uh, maya angelo saying a different way but it's the same people is going to remember how you make them feel more than what you says and what you did if i make you feel comfortable i don't know where you're coming from i don't know if you're living alone and you're depressed i don't know if i'm your fifth call and you don't want it to take it So if I establish rapport, I make you smile without being weirdo, please, that the reason you need to stimulate your oxytocin in your brain and what's something who make you smile before, the smile is gonna be natural. And again, you see how I use my hands all the time? I'm emphasizing what I'm saying. So to me is the best way to create rapport.
0: Hmm? My mind is blowing up on things, so-
1: um... Bring it on, Richard, yeah.
0: So I think I think one of my questions cuz you know particularly in the sales world right everybody has gravitated to to Chris Voss right the hostage negotiator and never split the difference um, I I think I guess my question is you know do you think you're better than him
1: You know what is the funny part Chris Voss and myself we never was formally introduced I write an email to Chris. He never replies. So Chris, if you listen to me, check your emails. Two years ago, we were invited to a negotiation ninja podcast. And at the end of the day, Mark Raffan said to me like, congrats, you and Chris boss are the highest download on download on the podcast on the story of negotiation ninja. And like, are you kidding me? Like you, like you're like 10, download below him. So guys are gonna bring you back. So I write to Chris and says, hey Chris, since we do the same or similar, let's get in contact, find out that he doesn't manage his media so he never have the contact. We are different. He was an FBI international hostage negotiator that was so good, he never had a passport. He was negotiating around the world without leaving United States. I do not, I agree with the concept, do not split the difference but I do not taught this and I don't use it. Why? You always need to give to receive. You need to give, in order to ego up the other person, you need to make them feel in control. And that when you split the differences, even though the other person doesn't know what they're talking about because they don't know about your product, splitting the difference is making the other person think they know more than you know. So conceptually, great. But what happened? The right sales is the one you make in a month and you ask your customer, are you happy with the product? If I don't split the difference, if I only sell you one I am gonna sell in a month, I am gonna have somebody talking bad about me on the media, not liking the product, returning on doing complaint. So splitting the difference is between what you think you need and what I want to sell meet on the middle. It's like when you have it in a first date, let's split the check. And I feel like you're not taking advantage of me. So conceptually is one thing. On the real world, I do not agree with that. And Chris and I were different. He's a host and negotiator. At, host and negotiator is one of my channels. So half and half. I split the difference.
0: That's fantastic. That's that's really interesting. Um, what, what are some of the things that, this is the, the hard part that I see in sales where, you know, it gets to be the end of the month, the end of the quarter, the end of the year. And all of a sudden everybody goes on a fire sale, right? Everybody starts discounting. What kind of coaching and advice can you give to people to, to not have to discount so heavily? Like where did they, maybe the first question is where did they miss in the beginning and what should they be trying to under, uncover sooner? So they don't have to, negotiate uh, or lower their price too much. And there's a difference between negotiating and lowering your price just to get the deal.
1: If you, if your strategy or your sales team start making this count and the beginning as a strategy, you have a problem with your sales team. Some of the problem is uh, not proper. Uh, there are three trainings that you need to have in your team about themselves, about the product and about the company. If I don't know about me, my capabilities, the product and the company, my only way to negotiate is discounting because I made a mistake and I cannot close the sales. If I know one of the problems the sales rep have is like, because I don't want to miss the quota, I don't pass the client to another one. Sometimes it doesn't matter how much you work on it. You don't get rapport and people don't like you. Maybe your voice reminded to the grandmother who used to have the flip-flop and snap you in the ass. Or maybe your face is the same one like my ex-girlfriend that I hate. So it's never gonna happen rapport because it has to do with your dictionary. So sometimes in order to not to go to this count is working and pair with another sales rep. It's like, Richard, Scott, I have this client and I cannot go through him. I think that he's gonna have a better rapport because you have similarities then I think it's gonna work better. Can we split the different? Can we work maybe would you do the same with another sales rep? It's one of the most difficult things like recognize, not that you lost, actually there you're more intelligent. You still have half of the quota, yeah. but you don't lose the customer. And when you say to a customer, you know what? I think that you will be working great with Richard who have 25 years experience in your market that is 10 years more experience than I have. So the conversation is gonna be up to your level because I am not to your level. Hey, Richard, let me introduce you with a Scott. What I did there, I boast your ego. I give you control. I make you feel more important than I am. And I says, Richard have 25 years of experience on the same market you are. I put you on top, I give you social proof, I give you credibility, and I show that you are more important than I am, the product and the company. Those are one of the strategies the sales rep struggle the most. Like I have fightings on training, like why are you gonna split my quota? Because you're gonna lose the customer. So if you're gonna go discounting, no. Talk about warranties. I always say you need to use language technique. Talk about the product, give the price, and give the upgrades. Black Friday. We are preparing a problem for Black Friday. We're not discounting the price. We give you bonus that actually are double the price of the price. For example, the class is going to be $500. You have an hour with me. You have X amount of face readings. They're plus they're around $750. So I didn't discount the price. I give you bonus on top. And people is like, why are you not making discount? Like Because I'm showing you, then I give you $750 and bonus that you're gonna need to pay for it instead to discount the price. So the car dealership, I says through change oil, uh, change extended warranty, Uh, do car washing for a a year for the clients, but don't discount the price. Not always has to do with discount. What is the warranty? What are the upgrades that I can have? So you don't need to go. Now, if it's only about the price and the person is like, okay, I like your product, but I'm not willing to pay more than this. Now you have a customer that you need to think like, is the customer I want to have? Fire customers, it's one of the, I would say it's it, between transfer the, the sales to another person, firing clients is one of the most difficult because you're thinking about the quota. But if I sell you $1,000 in products to make my quota, but you return it in a week, I lost the commission and how many returns you have as a sales rep at the end of the month is gonna show in your calendar. I'm not gonna give you my best customers if you can having returns because you're promising things that we cannot deliver. That's another huge problem in sales. Make sense?
2: I used to love the like customer swap. I don't know if you did this or not Richard, but I'd get to a place in the month or the quarter and I had have all these like deals that I couldn't bring in and I had this buddy that would sit next to me and we would just exchange them he would give me a stack and i would give him my stack and we just you know said we're going to split it whatever whatever we close but there's some of them that are just not going to resonate with me that might resonate with you so i love that um call and i haven't heard anybody mention that in, in in quite a while i want to go so back you
1: did it, you, i'm sorry you did it naturally you i have... did it
2: naturally this is like 15 16 years ago. No, nobody taught me that. I didn't know any psychology behind it whatsoever. I was just like, I can't bring these in here. His name was Rick. I'm like, Rick, you try to close these and, and give me yours. So he'd give me his stack and I'd, I'd go through them and then we just split it.
1: Because it you're Rick? secure of yourself. You don't put your ego first. And at the end of the day is to make the sell. And you make, you use using reciprocity. Sure. So now he own you something. The customer owe you your co-worker owe you, and now you have a partner in crime. Yeah. So that you naturally have a gift. So good for you, Scott. Thank you.
2: I want to ask you about, you said there's three different types of training. And the one that I really keyed in on that I think is by far, in my opinion, the least developed or, or, uh, or talked about is training about the self why are organizations ignoring training about the self, meaning the, the team? And why do people try to spend, they spend all this money trying to learn these different skill sets and, and techniques and all this thing, but they spend no money on themselves trying to turn themselves into you know, a better human, more well-rounded, able to deal with more stress and problem-solving, things like that. Why is training the self the bottom of the totem pole out of those three pillars or am i wrong i certainly feel like it's at the bottom
1: okay for the ones listening i'm real real shaping myself on the on the chair because yeah, like and i'm pulling my my sweater well like, okay let's talk what happened is more most sales companies they read a book about um negotiation or about behavior and they teach you for example mirror everyone is and they're gonna love you uh don't make sure they don't cross in their arms make this and this and this and they don't have any idea where they training why because they're too lazy a to bring somebody like us to work with them b it's happened that we approach a couple of sales companies and like what about if we do the behavior there were threat they're gonna stall the clients and i always says i cannot sell myself even my life depend on it i was losing money until i get a person who says okay I'm gonna give you stocks on the company. You take the numbers. I cannot sell. So what I do is the behavioral wise. I don't know how to sell. I can negotiate. Believe me, I do great. So most companies are afraid to bring somebody like me to help you to do it. It's easy to read a book and keep feeding people with the wrong information. I spend more time unwinding what you have been taught wrong. And after 20 years, people says, they told me like their way of oh, the eyes to the left or the right. 2011 fMRI proved that is wrong. You need to baseline people before. For example, I touch my nose all the time. I have cats, and when I'm recording, I need to put it in a room. So I kiss them, and like shoot, I did it again. So I spent all the time touching and touching my face. Like as the first thing I says, do not touch your face, and I keep forgetting to keep not kiss my cat. So people is not training a because they don't know b they don't understand the part strategy partnership is going to make you better and stronger when you give us a bonus to a company something that nobody else is going to give you why they're not going to go with you they're going to go with you it's the bonus it's the plus the training is going to cost you thousand dollar by by person but you're going to have a trainer that nobody else have we're going to show you behavior we're going to bring a profiler that can profile you in 90 seconds. You want to try it? And I jump and call with clients or send them videos that I have done in YouTube when people are like, you're freaking me out. How do you know so much about me in 90 seconds? Well, what if I can train your team in eight hours to do it? So, A, they don't understand as needed. Now they start getting an idea. They're losing against somebody's dad's behavior. Companies who does training, they are afraid to bring people like me because they think that you're gonna stall their clients. That is not gonna work. And third, companies are not aware of how much they're losing. If they made in the quota, uh, it's a book from the 60s and I don't remember the name. I'm organizing my library. It says, nobody is aware of a need until they don't understand that behavior is hurting them. So you're not aware that you need to eat until you're not hungry. You're not aware that you need to have that training until somebody else have it and you're missing customers. Maybe you're doing your quota, but you're leaving people, you're leaving money on the table because somebody else is just taking that training and is killing you. Why? Because they want to step ahead. Not everybody's ready. Believe me, I start working with 500 companies because they don't get it. We're doing the numbers. We don't need you. Like, okay, no problem. You go to a small company like, Guys, I can go get you through this and put you on top of the food change. I want it. So uh, it's a social ignorance about what is behavior. They think is psychology. It's completely different. I'm not a psychologist. Sorry.
0: That's all right. So I've walked out of this today because we, you know, with one, I got to stop touching my face. Two, it's okay to be in the thinker position. Three. Um, let me see. Oh, as I need to get my hands said, more.
2: Richard, as soon as you said thinker position, Susan just immediately went like this and just mirrored yeah. your thinker position, by the
0: way. Totally mirrored me. A different, a different way to view mirroring, and a different way to view never split the difference. This thing. like this has been fascinating. Like I think this is one of my all-time favorite episodes. So Susan, thanks for coming yeah. on. We appreciate it. Um, you know, we're gonna turn around and ask you a question in a second, but again, a, a quick shout out to Zoom and or to Always like Zoom, but the gong, find them, reception predict. They owe us money now, right? Uh Zoom, that is. Um, and then at Vidyard, and, and thank you so much for for being supportive. But uh two questions actually. One, um, where can people get a hold of you? Like aside from LinkedIn, um, I'm sure you've got some resources out there because we definitely want to, you know, send them your way for sharing so much. And then how can we help you? What what could Scott and I do for you?
1: First of all, um, People can Google my name and they can go to humanbehaviorlab.com. That's where it is the consulting company where we prepare training basic in your industry. And if you just want your team to like prepackage and do the training on their own time, it's human behavior hacker school. I think it's funny to make a school about human behavior hacker. People says it's too long, like it's funny. People is gonna remember both uh, websites are um, connected. It's always a pleasure. I reply my emails. Uh, second of all, uh, putting me out there, guys, I, I thank you very much. And I'm going to give you a last tip. Do you know what is a compound question and why you never need to do it?
0: I'm trying to think back to my electric company days, right? Conjunction, junction, and all those things, a compound question. That's a question with and, if I'm not mistaken, it's like multiple questions.
1: For the ones who w- listen to the podcast, I'm smiling like crazy. Okay, compound question. If you know how to use it, it's your best friend. If you don't know how to use it, you need to be careful. If I says uh, to not to go to you retail all the time, Scott, uh, what do you have for dinner last night and one time you went to bed? You're gonna well, choose- you
2: asking me for real. I, yeah. had, I had pasta and I went to bed at
1: 11.30. Okay, most people when you do a compound question, they're gonna answer what do you want, what they want to answer, not what you're looking for. Most people do not answer both. So if I says, how much are I gonna lose and how much are I gonna win with this software, a lot. Your own dictionary is gonna really it like, oh, I gonna win a lot. And actually when you come back to me, like I says a lot losing. Oh, I didn't understand you was asking how much you're going to win or lose so that's the risk of compound questions you give it the other person the opportunity to answer only what they want and when you're a sales rep and you need to go to call of action to know if you're wasting my time if I need to fire you or keep you or transfer you to another person that's where is the moment now if you want to know what the person is avoiding I use compound questions so I ask Scott, are you ready to do the deal? And what do you think is the timeline? Well, we are in November, so I don't think we're going to talk about this until February. You didn't answer anything. He put the both together and get away. And most people are like, oh, I get it. I'm going to get the proposal in, in, in January. What happened in January? Like, well, I already did the deal. Or usually we do it in January. Usually meaning that it's another way to say it. So I'm not going to like way deeper, but that's how you need to pay attention to words. Use the negative on your positive. Be sure when you do a compound questions and practices with other coworkers about when to do it, how to do it, and why, how, and why and how people is answered to that. So that way you know what people is avoiding to asking you. I got people confess they're cheaters, they hand hand-do-crimes without knowing because I went five, four, three, two, one. They says, yes. I'm like, oops. They're not aware they their answer to you. It's easy to do them verbally than by email, but I have people confessing by text, too. That's that is
0: the bonus. That's awesome. Susan, thanks again. This has been like mind-blowing for me. Um, I think Scott is, too, because he's had this little sheepish grin on yeah. his face all day, so. I
2: feel I feel like I just, I want to learn from Susan for like 10 years straight. Totally. <laughs> like, I, 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 of, of I, I, I think if I, had, if I had this kind of information, though, I worry that I would go to the dark side really quickly, Richard. No oh, exactly. I love
1: the dark side. I, I don't have it in my desk, but Dark Bather is my hero. I <laughs> <See?
0: laughs> have to bring her back.
1: Skulls and Dark Bather? Hello?
0: Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, we're going to have to have you back soon, Susan. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Awesome. prosper.
1: Oh, and the shit. next one, I hope we do it in Costa Rica. I'm not surfing, but waiting for the mojitos on the beach.
0: Perfect. Okay. We'll, we'll make sure that happens for you. Yes. Thanks, Susan.